Go Light presents Opinions Matter with Adrian Kennedy. First on the program uh, this afternoon. When you hear uh, the words drug addict, what comes to mind? That's what I want to find out. Do you feel a sense of sympathy for those addicted to drugs, or would you be inclined to feel that it is self-inflicted and therefore should not be treated with the same compassion as illnesses like cancer, kidney disease, heart disease, and so on? Here's the message that we got uh, last night, and I want to read it to you. Hi, Adrian. I'm contacting you because I have something that I would uh, like to bring up on your show, Opinions Matter. Am I the only one who is sick of hearing people saying that drug addiction is a tragic illness? Addiction should not be put in the same category as illnesses like cancer, kidney disease, heart disease, and so on, where people are sick through no fault of their own. We all know what the dangers are when you take drugs and what happens. There are enough warnings out there. Addiction as an illness does not deserve the same compassion as the likes of the illnesses I've already mentioned. I really I really don't understand how people uh, can put them in the same category. Am I on my own in how I feel here? Um, Am I the only one who struggles to feel sympathy for addicts? How can anyone think this should be treated the same as the likes of cancer? And that is from a guy called Leon. And I notice one of the very first messages that has come into us is, everyone deserves compassion. And that's as maybe everybody perhaps does deserve some form of uh, compassion, but do they deserve the same sort of compassion as somebody who is uh, ill through no fault of their own? Although you could argue that a lot of illnesses are self-inflicted because of the lifestyle you lead, the cigarettes you smoke, the drink you consume. Um, but others are arguing that uh, these, uh, that being addicted to something is an illness. Katie, let me bring you in on this firstly. Um, drug addicts deserve sympathy. I'm saying this, deserve sympathy because they've uh, gotten into an addiction. But as you could see from Leon, he says absolutely not. I can understand Leon's email, although he's probably a little bit more harsh about it than I would be. I I don't believe they should be put into the same category as the likes of those with cancer and heart disease and kidney disease. See, my thing is as well, drug addicts, there are enough warnings out there. We've all seen the ads. We've all seen the read the stories of what happens with drugs. But people actively choose to go and take drugs. And I don't think you can compare it to addiction to cigarettes or addiction to even alcohol or to anything else. Because when you buy drugs, it's also illegal. It's not as easy to get. You're going out of your way. Okay, but there are other legal drugs that we have in Irish society, like alcohol, like uh, cigarettes, uh, both of which... I would also say that they shouldn't be put into the same... Alcoholism shouldn't be put into the same category as cancer. Uh, Is it not a case that some people are more prone to developing alcoholism, that they... Uh, struggle with addiction and that is an illness in itself so in other words you can drink whenever you feel like it yeah. uh, have a good night and blah blah Could blah you not blah. say the same about anyone if you drink enough if you get yourself into a habit it very, that's exactly what it will beco- become if you start drinking a, a glass of wine every night that could quickly become two glasses three glasses of a bottle and then you start to it starts to become a part of your routine is it not the exact same situation i would find it hard to feel the same level of compassion for an addict and what about somebody who's smoking cigarettes and yeah, develops illnesses would, as a result of having smoked cigarettes? Would you have sympathy for them? I have sympathy for 
any anybody who's sick i do i do feel sympathy for addicts i just don't feel i wouldn't feel the same the thing is people with cancer are fighting to stay alive these are people who are th- sick through i know you can say smoking no, that's, what I, that's exactly what i was about to but say the dangers aren't as immediate if you smoke you are not guaranteed to get cancer if you take heroin you know the road you're going down because apparently with heroin you're always chasing that first high from the first shot you take so it is different but i think people with cancer people with heart disease people on dialysis these people are fighting to stay alive but you you believe addiction addiction is self-inflicted i do believe it's self-inflicted i believe the warnings are out there you know i remember watching a thing as a kid about somebody it was a teenager who took an e-tablet and she died at a party and i said to myself i will never that was enough to put me off even the risk of it Mm. so we all know the risks we're all told that drugs are dangerous don't do drugs we all know what they do but my t- point is, we're all human, and we can all slip into that trap of addiction, Absolutely. whether it be cigarettes or alcohol or drugs like heroin. I understand that, and I understand that there's depression, and you know, a lot of the time people are there's a lot of other issues going on in the background, and I do have an element of sympathy, but I wouldn't have the same sympathy for a child who's sick. Okay, so cancer. do you fundamentally don't see addiction as an illness? I do see it as an illness because it's a dependency. It's, it's, it is a form of illness. Do I see it as the same type of illness as cancer or kidney disease or any of those? No, I don't. All right, well, that's exactly uh, what Leon wrote to us. And I'll, I'll read briefly his message again. I'm just contacting you because there's something that I want you to bring up on your show. Addiction should not be put in the, into the same category as illnesses like cancer, kidney disease, heart disease, and so on, where people are sick through no fault of their own. We all know what the dangers are when you take uh, drugs and... Um, Sorry, he goes on to say, there are enough warnings out there. Addiction is an illness, as an illness, does not deserve the same compassion uh, as the likes of the illnesses I've already mentioned. I really don't understand how people can put them in the same category. Am I on my own here? Um, Am I the only one who struggles to feel sympathy for addicts? That's from a guy called Leon. And as you uh, heard from uh, Katie, she doesn't view addiction as an illness, really. I do feel sympathy. I, I know, I know. Driving but your town. fundamental belief is when you see a drug addict strung out to bits uh, in the city centre, say, yeah. you think, oh my God, they did that to themselves? Yeah, I would think like that. Now, maybe I'm not as compassionate as somebody who might be beside me looking at them and think what's gotten them to, the, to that stage. And I do reali- realise there's things that happen in their past, whether it's abuse or depression or anything, mm-hmm. that get them to that stage. And it's very, 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 very sad. And they do deserve to be treated just like somebody with cancer does. But would I feel as much compassion for the addict who put the needle in their arm as I would for the child in Temple Street fighting cancer? No, I can't say I would. I wouldn't. Now, let me go to uh, Alan. You're on Opinions Matter. How are you, Alan? Um, basically, Adrian, like, I understand where people are coming from if you haven't experienced addiction or if it hasn't been something that's part of your life. I'm a recovering addict. I'm 34 years old. I was addicted to alcohol and cocaine and I can categorically tell you the first time that I took a drink or I took cocaine at a party, I never thought that it would bring me to the place that I wanted or that it was, that it was going to take. So tell me where, to, where it did bring you to. To the most unhappiest days of my life. In addiction is a thing called the obsession of the mind and it is one of the most horrible things you will ever experience on planet Earth, Adrian, of people who experience the obsession of the mind. All you think about daily from the moment you wake up till you go to bed is using. People have times of sobriety where they're not actually using, but your mind is constantly thinking about it. 
It's like Asian if you've ever really been hungry and you know how badly you want to eat, your body's going to do what it wants to eat. It doesn't relent. It doesn't pick who the person is. Like, mm. I was a normal person. I've had things happen in my life. So I never thought I was taking the days when I couldn't get out of bed. And when I did get out of bed, the physically the only thing I want to do is go and drink take, and take cocaine. I go to meetings regularly, Asian, to stop me from using, from drinking and taking cocaine. I hear regularly at meetings every week of people who are so afraid of using again because they know that will ultimately we mean death to them and I, I'm not I, and is that I, you I is, that, that, is that the situation you're in that if you were to start using again it it will spell death for you ultimately Adrian that's what it is whether it takes me to suicide or it's an unhappiness that you can't imagine it, 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 when I try to explain how unhappy and sad and the torment of a life you're living you don't want to be doing this but ultimately, Asian, that's what it will do. So if I went back out and started drinking and taking cocaine, it mightn't happen in the first week, but ultimately it will go there again. If you are an addict, your body will go back to an addict's behavior, and that will ultimately end up in death. As I was saying that, I hear people in the rooms every week, Adrian, who are afraid to go back out and what happens if they use again, because they know they will die. It's people on the brink. You don't eat, you don't sleep properly, you can't maintain a job, you can't live. It's not a fun lifestyle. This is not a conscious decision that people make. I never made this a conscious decision for myself that I wanted to become an addict. But thanking for people out there who are educated and do have some experience with it. There is help out there. But without help, Asian, I wouldn't like to know where I'd be now. Okay, so you, we were talking about uh, drug addiction being uh, an illness. That, you know, some people are prone to addiction, others aren't. Some people can take uh, cocaine and drink alcohol and never have a major problem with either, but some, obviously, like yourself, are more prone to developing uh, an addiction. Do you see it as an illness? Do you see what uh, has happened in your life as an illness, or was it all self-inflicted? It's an illness. It's no one set out for this. It is self-inflicted on the terms that you made the decision, but we have a saying in recovery, somewhere along the way, Adrian, you cross an invisible line and there's no turn back. No one sets out to become an addict. No one just sets out to have fun or be proud of the group or whatever reasons they get in for it. But somewhere along the way, unfortunately and unbeknownst to ourselves, we cross an invisible line of which there's no return. And when you now, cross uh, that invisible there, line... There are those that say, say, for example, uh, cocaine. That very first time... That, uh, and but by the way, just for the record, I've never taken cocaine in my life, okay? And the reason I haven't is I would be one of those people that would be afraid that if I were to uh, try something like that, that I'd be like you. I'd, uh, I'd end up becoming strung out on it. So I've never touched it. I've, I've always been probably too much of a chicken to touch it, if I'm to be honest. I have in the past had uh, a couple of spliffs. They did nothing for me, so I never stuck with it. And uh, I'm just wondering, that very first time that you decided to try a line of cocaine, what was going through your head? Well, it ultimately normally starts with alcohol, Adrian, because it lowers your inhibitions, and it's so common these days. But it would be the same thing that I'd ask you, Adrian. That first time you smoked the joint, what happens if you had a like this? And you said, I'll carry on doing this for a while. It eases my mind. It helps take away a bit of the worries. And all of a sudden, you did want to stop. What happens when you couldn't stop and your body physically wouldn't stop and your brain would not relent on you wanting that drug? 
what, how would you feel if people if it took well, you to a case of suicide? The only way I can relate it is uh, with cigarettes that I still smoke. Um, I should have given them up years ago, but I continue to do it because maybe I'm weak-willed or whatever. But I have that addiction that I haven't been able to shake. So I do have some sort of a comparison, but it's it's not destroying my life. Well, maybe it is in the in the long run, and uh, you know, I could develop severe illnesses from it. But it's not destroying my life today, where your drug addiction was destroying your life today. Yeah, completely was destroying my life, and I've no conscious decision of myself. Like I said, the first time that I went to a party, and I seen people around me doing it. I thought I'd just be like everyone else. It would just be a bit of fun, and I'd let it go. And then also, you have things that happen in your life, and all of a sudden, you can't deal with something that becomes a crutch. But it's one day you just go to stop and say, I can't keep doing this to myself. I'm not happy. The definition of insanity is repeatedly doing something that's making you unhappy. And that's what we continually, uh, consciously try we do to try and make ourselves feel better. But it's one day, Adrian, you physically decide you want to stop. And I promise you can't. When you have that obsession of your mind and the addiction and the allergic reaction that happens in you. Okay, but, no uh, but, but here's the difference. Um, when it comes to smoking cigarettes and continuing to smoke cigarettes, which I do, yeah, the only person I blame is me. Uh, because I know if I put my mind to it, I could give the bloody things up. I just have never put my mind to it strongly enough, if you know what I mean. Is the same not true of uh, drug addiction? That ultimately it's down to you, that it can't be viewed... I don't view smoking cigarettes as any sort of an illness. I am addicted to smoking. Um, but some people see addiction to alcohol and addiction to um, drugs as um, a, a, an illness. What's well, the difference? It, it, you know, nobody would ever see cigarette smokers as somebody with an illness. See, the illness, it's an illness of the mind, Adrian. And that's what people don't understand. People think that after when addiction, it becomes a conscious decision every day. It's not. When it becomes an illness of the mind, your mind is sick. Think about what your mind is making you do. It's physically making you repeat something every day that is forcibly making you ill. It's making you mentally unwell. Your financial situation is probably in the sewer. Mm. It's a mental illness. It's an illness of the mind that's continually making you do something that goes through everything that we're put on this earth to do. We're supposed to be happy, have families. You know, all the things we're supposed to have planned. You don't do any of these things in addiction. This addiction ruins your life to the point of death. Where am I going now? James, how are you? How's it going? And what did you want to say on this? Addiction is an illness. It is an, uh, it is an illness. Uh, people, I don't think people choose, some people choose to go on drugs, but some from a, some from a young age, um, some from a young age are around people that's taking drugs and they want to try them out, you know, you know mm. and they want to do what their friends are doing and then if they get addicted to weed, they'll some might stay at weed and so you, you see other friends floating off and trying other things, tablets and um, heroin and So, like... Okay, and a again, like you said, some people um, are happy just smoking a few spliffs and that's fine. Uh, but as you just said, others progress onto yeah, uh, other want, harder want, drugs. They're not satisfied. The yeah. So... Is that the illness part? The people who uh, can't stop at just a spliff and keep going up and up and up onto harder and harder drugs? Or is that not just selfishness? 
that you decide, oh, well, look, the, the smoking a spliff was grand. I'm going to try something different. Is that not just selfishness? Well, well they might have thought at the time, look, heroin might be that bad or whatever. I'll try it out. Yeah, but, we all, then, but we all know that heroin is I know, that but bad. I'm talking like as young fellas going around, like you know, 14, 15-year-olds, like it's happening these days, you know? So do you see drug addiction as an illness? Yeah. And how come more people don't get that illness? How come more people don't get that illness? In other words, how, how come I'm not sick as a heroin addict? The reason I'm not sick as a heroin addict is because I've never taken heroin. It's as simple as that. Yeah, so I, I, I made you, that choice you, in my life. You mightn't have been around people that, that had drug addictions growing up. I would have thought if you're around people who have drug addictions growing up, that should turn you off, should it not? Uh, well, look, it, uh, it doesn't turn most a lot of people off, like in since in towns and cities. And if uh, you yourself, have you ever uh, taken drugs? And if so, what type? Just a bit of weed. All I smoke a bit of weed. Like that's it. That was it. And do you, do you still, or have you given it up? No, no, I've given it up and don't smoke fags, Renton. And what like, made you give it up then? I give it up years ago. Like it was just a waste of money and just uh, have a family now and all, you know. So, but okay, so you made that decision not to continue smoking it. Uh, you obviously yeah. weren't. A, was it easy to give up? Uh, no, it wasn't easy to give up. No, it was sleepless nights and sweats and you know. But but you did it. Once I did the damn you can do it. Anyone can do it. You know. Okay, so you. The point being that you did it. Oh, yeah. So you weren't sick with a drug addiction, even though it was a bit of a struggle to give uh, to give it up. You were able to get away uh, away from the drug. Other people, though, uh, aren't as fortunate. Is that the point you're making? That some you know some yeah. people have that like I, in their. I, I think, yeah, I've seen plenty of my mates. Like you're not plenty, but a good few, and then a good few around the town. I used to, I, like I'm originally from the north, but living in Dublin now. And like I done lock, I seen that town ruined. Seen it been ruined in in a matter of years with with, with heroin. Like everyone seemed to be taking it. You know what I mean? And that's when I got out, and I says, "Fuck that!" Like I'm sorry, but I from there. I says, "I'm, I'm, I'm not going down that here. road." Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting out of town, you know. All right, stay there for one second. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Now, Katie, you've been listening to uh, those first few callers. The first caller quite clearly completely uh, addicted to cocaine and to alcohol, and it was destroying his life. He didn't set out to do that. No, I know nobody sets out to, to end up with the, in that kind of lifestyle. I know nobody wakes up and says, you know what, when I'm older, I want to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. And I know the circumstances behind it are very, very sad. And a lot of people suffer trauma, which leads them to that. But I just, I would find it hard. And I'm not saying I have no sympathy for addicts. I would just find it hard to have the same sympathy for an addict walking around Dublin City than seeing a child going into Temple Street who has no hair and is trying to fight cancer. And when I hear, when I'm even saying that to myself, even the image of that gets me upset, a child in Temple Street who's sick, I wouldn't feel so upset about an addict. Somebody whose life has literally gone down the pan. It's really, um, really sad, but, you know, the, t- the phones, this is the busiest topic I think I've done on this show. The phones are hopping here. The text services gone into overdrive. This is very, very divisive. I've actually, I don't think I've seen a topic that has had such a split in forever this is really dividing people and the thing is i i can understand where people are coming from it's extremely sad and i do have sympathy but you can't class it as the same as 
All right, well, let's uh, bring in um, a voice note from Shane, who is a recovering addict. Oh, yeah, Adrian, I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Years sober now. And when I went, when I came sober and clean, I started drinking soft drinks as a replacement uh, when I went out and all. And now I'm again tested now for diabetes because I'm addicted to soft drinks. I can't put down a can of Coke. And I, I think that's kind of proving the point uh, that some people have addictive personalities. Oh, yeah. Like and that is in I, itself probably an illness. Per- I don't have an addictive personality at all. I could Every time I have a drink, I'd have a smoke. But I would never smoke unless I was drinking. I don't have, so I'm lucky. And maybe I am a little bit ignorant because I am lucky enough to have never really have to, you know, I've spoken to addicts obviously doing the show that we've done, been doing for 10 years. Mm. I've spoken to addicts throughout the years, but I'm very lucky that I haven't had it personally at my door. And maybe I am a little bit ignorant, but I just would find it very hard, like Leon said, to put it in the same category as somebody who is fighting for their lives to stay alive alive, and kids are sick and fighting for their lives beside the person who went and bought heroin knowing what the end result was going to be. Did they, though? Oh, come on. You know, we all come think on. we can try things and then and walk away from it. I know it's a form of escapism, and it's very sad that it, they had to use that to escape, but we all know what happens when you take care of one. John, um, you're on Opinions Matter. How are you, John? How's it going, Adrian? I'm good, thank you, John. What did you want to say on this? Uh, is addiction an illness? No, not at all. Junkies are sad, pathetic people who, who just, just want pity. It's not an addiction at all. It's them that put a needle in their arm. It's them that put a or whatever. It's always poor me, poor me, poor me, whatever when it comes to a junkie. Take responsibility, man up, grow up, deal with it. Okay, you've already heard a guy whose life was destroyed being a drug addict, addicted to uh, cocaine. His life wasn't destroyed being a drug addict. He destroyed his life. Well, did he? He did. He's the one that put the needle in his arm or, or, or snorts coke. He was doing paying hundreds a week for whatever he was on. No one else, no one was, no one was paying him to do it. So I, I assume then you've as little sympathy toward uh, an alcoholic or towards somebody who uh, is addicted to cigarettes, for example. Same boat. They decide to do it until they hit rock bottom, and they decide that they're not doing it. No one can help them. It's their own personal decision. You can't help the junkie until they hit rock bottom. You see, and an, an, awful, an awful lot of people. Uh, don't like even the use of the word junkie because it's so derogatory towards a, a fellow human being. What do you say to those people? That's what they are. They're junkie. Like, if I see a junkie on the street, I step over them. It's the same ste- say that no again. Say that them. again. If you see a junkie on the street, you step over them. I step over them, yeah. It wouldn't bother me. They made that choice. They put themselves in that position. You wouldn't look at that person and say, oh my God, God love them. Look what they're going through. Look at the life they're leading. No. I'm not the one that gave them the needle. They made that choice themselves. They need to take responsibility. It's just this lack of responsibility in the whole, oh, the, the government has to look after me to have Ireland in the mess of a sin. No one wants to take responsibility for their own lives. Oh, I can't get a forever home. Get a freaking job. Oh, I, 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 I want to live close to my mommy. Get a job to get a courthouse next year, man. Oh, I'm a junkie. I need a bus pass. Get a job. Such a voice out. Get a job. Too many handouts in Ireland. Too many bleeding hearts. Okay, so 
you have very little sympathy for uh, drug addicts. We were talking about how some people are able to uh, take or leave different types of drugs. They might do cocaine every now and again or whatever the case may be, and then they can walk away from it. Others, because of, I don't know what it is, their genetic makeup or whatever, are more prone to addiction. Um, Would you not accept that, um, you know, some people just have that addictive, and I'm going to call it an illness. No, no. You can try anything once without getting addicted to it. There's no, oh, I took something once, so now I'm, I'm addicted to it. You have to keep, addiction as a pattern. No one takes it once and goes, whack, I'm addicted to that now, I can't stop doing it. Okay, we'll stay there for one second because I want to bring in, um, where am I going? Jennifer is on the line. Uh, Jennifer, you're on Opinions Hi, Matter. How are you? How are you? Hi. Now, Jennifer, you've been listening uh, to uh, John. He has, well, zero sympathy, John. Would that be an, uh, an, an exaggeration? <laughs> no whatsoever. No whatsoever. Zero sympathy zero, at all. Zero. Where you... there's like, where everyone's entitled to their own fucking thing. Like, you know, nobody turns around one day and says, oh, you know, I'm going to be a fucking junkie. And you see exactly what he's saying. I'm going to be this fucking tower. Like, all right, mind the language, no, uh, no, Jennifer. I know. Mind the language, I know we're not on radio, but um, it, we try and keep it civilised. So he's saying he has zero sympathy. Now, uh, do you have, uh, what's your situation? I do, because I've gone through it myself. I've had addiction myself. Okay, um, and, and what John has been saying is that um, that is your fault. You brought it on yeah, yourself. absolutely, absolutely. But, but... It, it gets to a point. It gets to a point that it's out of control. That it's it's it is an accident. It, it is an accident. You know what I mean? So you say that again, John. It, 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 it gets to a point that it's out of your control. Okay, sorry, John's question was, how do you get to that point? How does it get to that you point? Over and over again, and then I don't know. It. I don't know. You know, it's a, it, it's it's a very fucking sad situation. Like, but it does. It does, and it has. It has gotten to that point for me. I know, like, sorry, John, say that. Sorry, I can't hear both. Of you. It's a sad situation. It's, you've done it for yourself. You didn't just do, do drugs once and you're an addict. You, you cut consistently down drugs, getting out of your head, and eventually you're addicted to them. It's not a sad situation. You actively done it yourself. Is that not true? I that, you, know, that, 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 that you did it to yourself. Yeah, but to very see him saying he's stepping over people and all. You're a fucking you're you're not a human being if you're a fucking carrying on like that. You step over a person. Well, because they have they, they they have a problem. They have a fucking problem. You know what I mean? All right, you, you, you've, you've got a problem with your tongue, if you wouldn't mind controlling it a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, John is saying very clearly that somebody like you... Uh, what's your situation now? Are you away from your addiction? Yeah, I am, yeah. Okay, so you've gotten your life back. Yeah, 100%. When um, things were bad with your addiction, how bad were you? No, they could. They were very bad, but they could have been a lot worse. I've seen friends die. I've seen, I've seen like it could have been a lot worse. And what but, was your drug of choice? Pardon. What was your drug of choice? What dr- what drug were you using? I love, I love cocaine. Like I love cocaine. I that would have been my number one thing. But 
then, like, all my friends were obviously turning to fucking doing gear and, you know, it was just heavier, heavier stuff every time. And did you follow suit? No, like, first it started with crack, yeah, I smoked crack, I did, and, um... And let me, okay, the conversation today is whether or not what happened to you was some sort of an illness that you just got uh, hooked on. It is. Like, I'm saying it is. It is a fucking illness, like. John, there you are. It is an illness uh, that she had no control over. Nonsense. No, I'm not saying it has no control 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 over. Simple as. Is it always that simple, John? A lot of the time it is. There is, there is I, I'd say maybe 1% is someone who's, who's doing it to get out of their face because of trauma. Dress probably start off having a few lines at a party, do it again next week, then maybe one or two during midweek, then all of a sudden it's 500 quid a week on, on a key or whatever. It's uh, that, That's all on them. All right, stay there for one second because I've uh, a lot of messages I need to play. Uh, this is a WhatsApp voice note from Elizabeth. Hi, people think it's okay just taking drugs and all this kind of carry on. You go to the NRH hospital in Dublin and you go in and see how many people is in there. They will never walk, never talk in nappies and heist over being drugs overdose. They do that much um, severity, brain damage to their brains. Like, no one ever talks about that. No one ever talks about the consequences of things go wrong when you're taking drugs, the heartache on the family when things go wrong. You know, it's just not as easy as people think, just take drugs. There's more things than it. There's there's so much. I mean, if I, this should be educated in hosp- in schools um, about drugs overdose. What happens when the drugs or when you overdose on drugs and things start going wrong? You know, it's just not about getting you high in the drugs. It's about the consequence of things go wrong. And and that is one of the points that has been made. That we, in fact, I think it was Katie made that point earlier on. That we all know that uh, if you dabble around in uh, hard drugs most likely will end only one way. All you have to do is walk through certain parts of Dublin City and you see it. And it is incredibly sad, but it's it's a clear picture of why you do not do drugs. Don't take drugs. I mean, there's enough stories in the news. Like, how many stories in the news? Teenager dies after taking such and such at a party. I mean, that's what I'm going to be showing my kids when they grow up. These stories, because that's what put me off. Hearing these real stories. Okay, let me go to uh, Craig. Craig, you're on Opinions Matter. How are you? How are you? How are you, Cable? Uh, good, thank you, Craig. What did you want to say on this? Uh, um, it-, it is an illness. I'm alcohol dependent. I hit rock bottom uh, a long, long time ago because I had colitis uh, for five years and then I had uh, three operations to remove the bowel and have a stomach back. And then my father died of a massive heart attack. And then four years later, um, the mother, me and the mother of my kids uh, broke up and 20 days later, uh, my mum died of lung cancer and uh, I lost control and became an addict and started doing drugs and drinking. And do you blame... Um what was going on in your life, which sounds very tragic from what you've described, yes, is that um, what pushed you towards addiction? Well, the way I do what happened was um, I had no one to calm me down. Um, I live in uh, Wicklow. My sister lives in Dublin. Um, so I had no one to stop me from doing what I was doing. I was start parking in my mum's house because I was living there. Um, before I knew it, um, I was drinking every day. I was doing ecstasy. I was doing cocaine, acid. Um, I got to the stage then where um, I ran out of money 
Um, and I had to start taking on this, my local area outside the bank. Um, so, yeah, you do hit rock bottom. You know, some things, sometimes in life, things happen that make people become addicts and with no control over it. So what, what I'm trying to understand is, okay, you, you really got into a bad place uh, in your head, in your life, and you turned to drinking drugs as a way of, I don't know, was it a way of dealing with it or whatever? Um, it, it, some would say, and in fact somebody like uh, John will probably say, that was self-inflicted, that you got into that uh, spiral of addiction. It was self-inflicted. What do you say to that? No, no, it was not self-inflicted. Um, it was from all the trauma that my body had gone through, that my mind had gone through, and all the grief that I was experiencing. Now, let me just bring John back in. Uh, John, it, it, it's just what happened in his life led him down that road. Yeah, poor him. That's always someone else's fault, never the addict's fault. My father died a couple of years ago. I didn't, didn't fall into a bottle. I, I got, got on with it, got over it, got back to work. I know, but different people deal with things in different ways. They do. But how is getting out of it, dealing with it? You wake up feeling worse next morning. That is ultimately uh, the, 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 the question, uh, is it Craig. Um, it, it didn't help, did it? Um, no, it didn't, because um, I was nearly homeless, and um, I was just about to lose the place I was living in. I actually sold my mother's house. And um, I got a mad one, um, spent 180000 in 18 months, which I do regret. Um, and then I did end up on the streets uh, begging. Um, like, people don't understand that, like, when you're going through, like, grief and trauma, which I'm only after getting help for. I went, I've gone through grief and trauma. The point he's making, the point John is making at you, um, is that he himself in his life, we all have at one stage or another gone through our own traumas. I understand that. People don't understand if different people's lives, I reckon. Um, some people, uh, people's lives are different, you know. But that's why you choose to deal with it. You have a choice in everything you do. I could choose I could choose now to go, I'm sad my dad said, I'm going to go and get a bottle of whiskey and I'm not going to go to work tomorrow. Poor me. And then 18 months down the line, go, poor me. It's an addiction. I, I, that's pathetic. Well, um, uh, Craig, what do you say to that? That's pathetic as a way of dealing with uh, the tragedies that were happening in your life? All I can say is I hope it never happens to anyone that have, in his family or himself. It has happened to me. Well, uh, I suppose the only way I could describe it then is like, uh, you don't know my life and you don't know what I went through. And um, hey, at the same time, I've come through the other side and um, I've uh, had poetry being published in books and um, uh, I haven't Let me ask you, Craig, respond to what he's saying. Uh, this is all just self-pity that led you that direction. That's what he's saying. No, no, no. It's not self-pity, so it's not. Um, if I had colitis in the 90s uh, before anything was known about bowel disease and colitis. Um, and I had, I had gone through a very hard time with that. And then with the uh, breakup and the uh, loss of my parents, it just took its toll. And um, they had mental health issues as well. So when I tried to overdose, and I suppose uh, maybe overdosing as well, it's probably looking for self-pity, is it? Hold on there, I've got to get my, my boy in out. 
Listen to the man, though, John. Have you no heart at all? He really went I through the ringer. For five years, I went through depression. I tried to kill myself. I, I didn't didn't uh, say, oh, poor me, poor me. What I did was eventually I went and got help. I spoke with people about it. I said, no, John, I'll get a bottle of wine every day and this will help me get get the depressed thoughts out of my head. I didn't say, oh, poor me, poor me. My life is terrible. I went and did something about it before I fell down the hall of poor me. Everything's terrible. Oh, look what happened to me. My friends died when I was young. My dad died. Oh, where can I get a bottle of whiskey? Where can I get coke? Where can I get heroin? It, it's all a cop-out. It, it's all like the nanny state of Ireland. Someone has to look after me. Someone else has to look after me. Someone else has to look after me. Quite someone needs to give me help to get off the drugs. Someone needs to give me help to get a house. Someone needs to give me help to get, a, get off the drink. Take responsibility. Okay, uh, uh, well, uh, let me ask you... Where are you at now um, in terms of your addictions? I'm, I'm still, um, I still have it here at night time, um, but not, I'm not the way I am or was. Um, I, I, um, I can grow myself. I'm linked in with the Merchant Key and the Simon community and my local mindfulness and well-being. Um, and I'm linked in with the gastropsychologist in St. Peter's Hospital. So my life is a lot better. Um, you know, uh, and is it, saying, is it a lot better because you have, as John suggested, taken a bit more control of your life? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, with the help of the American and the Soviet Union, I gave me back my life. Okay, but um, you, so you did need uh, that help and support in order to try and oh, get your yes, life back. Yes, um, in my local area, there wasn't that much kind of support years ago. Um, nowadays, it's amazing how it is, and I can only. Um, recommend the Merchant Keen Asylum community to anyone out there that's an addict and um, because they will help you get your life back on track. Very good. Okay, well, I'm delighted that uh, things are a little bit better for you. And, uh, uh, thanks. Uh, John, to listen to a guy like that um, whose life has been basically destroyed and ravaged with uh, drink and addiction, to hear somebody with so little sympathy or even empathy is a little bit shocking, I have to say. Why? Like he's happy. He's doing okay now, thanks to the taxpayers like myself who don't follow the self pity, who get out, and get up, and get on with it. People need to start taking responsibility. We, we, all, we all need help at some. St- we all need help at some stage of our lives, whether it's dealing with mental health issues, uh, dealing with an illness. We all need help. Yeah, we everyone does. But unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of forms get put into places for junkies and stuff like that that could go towards children's cancer. Say, like like the girl was saying earlier on, or to illnesses that aren't the fault of the person with the illness. All right, stay there for one second if you can, please, John. Let's have a listen to uh, what Emma wants to say on this. I just wanted to come in there on your topic. Um, Addiction is an illness. It's a mental illness. Um, It's like, you know, people aren't born addicts. They do not choose to do, okay, they choose to do the drug of choice, but they don't choose to get sucked in. You're dealing with you're dealing with an addictive substance, whether it be sugar, whether it be sex, whether it be gambling, whether it be street drugs, and they're all highly addictive substances. And you can be very—it's very hard not to get addicted to these, especially if your mind is not okay and you're wanting to get away from something that's going on. And so, most people who are addicts—I'm not saying all—but most people who are addicts suffer with other mental illnesses so I find I find it very 
not nice really that people are saying they're junkies, scumbags, whatever, because okay, they choose to live the way they do, but they don't choose they don't choose to become an addict. And it's the drug that takes over in the end and they have no choice because they're too far gone. But they could they can choose recovery, but some of them just don't see it. So I just want to say that. All right. Uh, Great message, Emma. Thanks very much indeed. And uh, Michelle, uh, you're on Opinions Matter. How are you, Michelle? Um, I just want to say, you know, it's it's not an illness. It's a choice, Adrian. You know, it's a choice when you pick up your first cigarette, when you pick up your first drink. It's a choice to take drugs. Now, I'm not saying that it's not hard. They become addicts and then they can't help themselves. But what I feel for, more, you know, when I hear about addicts dying, I say, oh, my God, their poor mother. Their poor mother has to bury that child. Mm. And it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking the pain they inflict on their families, on their neighborhoods, on their communities. They don't care. They become so selfish and so absorbed in it. Now, you can say they can't help it in a conviction, but they picked up the first needle or the first joint or the first tablet or whatever they did, it was their life choice and that's what they did. So that's all I really okay, have to but, say on it. Uh, but the argument is that, yes, it may have been their uh, their choice. Similarly, and I can compare myself to this, it was my choice as a 14-year-old to have my very first cigarette. And still to this day, I'm smoking the bloody things. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe it was a little bit immature at the time, but that was my choice uh, to take uh, my very first cigarette and it wasn't uh, due to peer pressure. It was just something I decided to do. I don't know why. Still don't know why. Yeah. Can't answer it, uh, but I did. So for you, you believe... Well, the conversation is whether or not... Um, the con- uh, Whether or not drug addiction is an illness, you don't believe it's an illness because it's self-inflicted? Um, no, not so. I think it becomes an illness. I think, but they had the initial choice. I th- so having a cho- making a life choice is is what you do in your life. You do it every day. We make choices to speed down the road. We make choices to break red lights. We make choices to smoke. Um, so you make them life choices and then you, you live with them. So it does become an illness in the fact that it takes control of them and they don't have control of it, but they made the initial choice to do it. You know, and as I said to you in my message, you know, my son passed away four years ago from kidney disease, age 21. Not his choice. Never did a thing wrong in his life. Wasn't sick his whole life till he was 19. Um, he didn't have a choice. He didn't get to live the rest of his life. So it upsets me when I see 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds overdosing on drugs. They had a choice. They had a life to live. And they, they throw it away. They didn't. I'm sure when somebody takes their very first drug, for example, they're not saying, "Oh, here, I fancy throwing my life away today." Uh, I don't know. It's so widely advertised. It's it's on television every single day. The effect it has on people's lives. You know, it's it's like smoking is on television every single day. We know people die from lung cancer from smoking, but yet people still smoke. So. You know, you make that choice. And it's not that the information isn't out there. You know, maybe when you started like 70 years ago when you were 14, <laughs> your first <laughs> cigarette, <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't widely advertised. It was very fashionable to smoke back in the, the back in the day when it was all on television, all the actors and everything was doing it. But drugs are not fashionable. You know, they're not fashionable. You know, we see all these programs on telly making, you know, um, about glamorizing the criminality of it and how much money is to be made and flashing around their cash and big cars and all this sort of stuff. And it does drag kids in. It drags teenagers in. 
to start dealing with these people and start using drugs. But it's still a choice. It's still their choice. And as I said before, the, the heartbreak for me is what they leave behind. It's their heartbroken families that they leave behind. Stay there for one second, because on the other line, I think um, I have, is it your son, Sean? Uh, oh, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see what this is about. How are you, Sean? Not too bad, age myself. Sean, what made you decide to contact us? Just to see what you're saying about, um, just about, is this, a, is this an illness or not? I, I walk in town every day. I go to city centre, I walk in the pub and Temple Bar, and I used to, to stop going through the alley at work. Because you know the drug addicts and everything. I know it doesn't mean I don't have a heart. I, I do feel. I do feel. But I see. I see that every. So when, when you out. see them, uh, when you see drug addicts in the in the city, what goes through your mind? Do you think, as as your mam does, this is basically self inflicted? Well, listen, hey, you know, I've seen them. I've seen them coming up on hassle of me when I've come home from work and and bothering people and. Okay, so they make your life a little bit difficult trying to get from A to B to get to work, basically. Well, I want to walk home from work. And, like, I stopped getting the bus home at night because there was that, because I just kept getting harassed even when I was sitting in the bus. And I'm thinking, this can't, this, this can't be mental illness. There's got to like, you can't put, you, you've got to, I don't know, you just can't put yourself in this. How could you get let yourself? I know people go through hard times, and we, mm. both of the family have gone through hard times. But we we pulled ourselves out of things and we've gone back. But to see yourself in that state, you're, you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your family. You know, it's your family. I know, but we don't... Home. We don't always think it of, of the bigger picture when we make different decisions in our lives. You know what I mean? I, I, when I had my very first cigarette, I didn't think to myself, oh, the effect it might have on my family in 50 years' time when I die of lung cancer. You know what no, I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not, and I'm not saying that. We've all, listen, we've all... We've all I've never had a cigarette or something to that. Uh, you know, fuck off the harm, like. But, it's, you know, it, it, it depends. If, if you like, I'll spoil it out of control. Like, yeah, it's just everything in moderation has to be, has to be watched, like. But when it comes down to, when it comes down to nice heroin and everything, everyone knows there's serious, serious effects on it. Like, not to mention the diseases that can come with it as well and everything. And all, you know. Okay, so you, when you see a drug addict... Making your well, I won't say making your life a misery, but uh, you know, uh, disrupting your journey as you go to and from work. You think to yourself, uh, "Oh my God, they did this to themselves." Look, I don't know. Look, I don't know what could have gone through their head. Maybe they got caught up. They could have got caught up in the wrong thing. Maybe they've they've come from a very tough past. And maybe you're right. Maybe that is what happened uh, in, in yeah. their lives. And you heard the guy on a couple of minutes ago describing how his life essentially fell apart um, over illnesses and death in his family, and he just took yeah. to the bottle and, and took to drugs. Now, listen, Adrian, I've been there, I've been, I've lost him. My mom said, you know, I lost a brother, and it took a very bad toll in my life. But you know what? We bounced back from it, and we pulled myself out of the gutter. And, if, you know, as I always I said it a few weeks ago, the mental health video it is if anyone can pull themselves up, you just have to believe in yourself and I just think these the people who are suffering with drugs need to if you want to help it, I'll hope for God it's down there for people. You know, and, and maybe maybe some have given up on themselves. Would that be true? That is that is terrible. In my eyes you should never give up on yourself. There's always there's always help out there for us. So hopefully the old person listens to this today. 
it can help them. There's mm. never give up, never give up. All right, great to you talk know, to you, and thanks very much indeed for uh, your call. And uh, Katie is uh, obviously still uh, here with us. Uh, has it changed your view listening to uh, some people describe how their life just spiraled out of control because of what was going on in their world? It's great to hear people who have turned around from it and come back and come out the other side. But it, it really hasn't changed my view because there's a lot of people messaging in, messaging in saying it's not really a choice. It's not always a choice. I'm sorry, but if you take a needle, you fill it with heroin and you inject it into yourself, you have made the choice to do that, whatever the reason is. You made that choice. And what I'm hearing a lot of here today is this, the saying, you know, the same water that softens the potato, it hardens the egg. It's about how you handle your circumstances. The same person that might break, like the, the, what was his name earlier on, who ended up on drugs as a result of going through a hard time. And John was going through his own stuff and he was fine. But there is that choice that you make when you buy drugs and inject yourself with drugs you know the you know what's going to happen i just i it hasn't really changed my opinion it's it i mean it it's fascinating speaking to people who've been through it to find out what the reasons were that they ended up in the situation and i do have a massive amount of sympathy and compassion but i just i can't feel the same amount of compassion as i would for somebody who has cancer or a sick child who's fighting for their life all right, uh, let's squeeze in one final uh, WhatsApp voice note, and this is Gary. How are you doing, Adrian? I have to say I'm actually baffled that you're letting even John use the word junkie. It's an absolute disgusting word to be calling an addict. Um, John is a small-minded person by listening to him. He's no, he's no self-pity at all. You know, he's gone on about depression and he had it for five years. He showed no compassion at all. Anybody that has depression, has gone through depression, has shown compassion at the end of it. I don't think John has a heart, to be honest with you. Um, I'm I'm battling gambling for the last like 17 months and to be honest with you going through treatment and understanding where my addiction has came from has made me realise that I did have an illness and I did have a problem that I needed to get sorted um, my life is much better now but um, I have to say John you're a small minded person and um, I'm, I'm disgusted to listen to you all right, Gary, thanks very much indeed uh, for your comment and uh, thanks very much indeed for all of your opinions. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.